All right. We're here with Tommy Neary, host and founder of Sean's Random Podcast, and also my beloved eldest son. Welcome, Tommy. Thank you for having me. I like how you have um, host and editor of Sean's Random Podcast before beloved son. <laughs> well, you know, that, that's where you're going to make your name. Yeah. It's Sean's Random Podcast. So we, we got we to gotta pitch you early on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're having this discussion just to talk about life as a a teenage Christian and mm-hmm. growing up in a Christian household, and particularly trying to help out the the parents and the younger teens and early adults to help them get closer to Christ mm-hmm. and leave childhood behind. Um, so brought you on. Just why don't you tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so uh, my name is Tommy, and I'm 16 years old. I just graduated from high school, and um, I've been homeschooled all my life. Well, at least for most of my life. Uh, uh, The most memorable parts of my life, I've been homeschooled, and I play guitar, and I do worship for our church, and that's one of the main things I've been doing uh, for these past few years, and... Um, I'm also the editor of Sean's editor and host, sometimes host of Sean's random podcast, and that's been fun. Yeah, and you do that with your brother Sean. Yes, I do. Who, who is twelve? Yeah, and occasionally your sister Hannah, who is <laughs> yeah. six. Occasionally, um, we have some guests. Uh, some of our friends have come on before, so yeah. So you you grew up in a Christian household mo- mostly. Mm-hmm. I, I think. You, you were very small when I came to faith, right? Yeah. And yeah, do do you have any memories of before? Um, I don't. I don't have many. The ones I do don't really re- have any really meaning to them. Um, I remember going to our the old church we used to go to. Um, and I remember a few things about that, but not not really. Okay. And you you are now a committed. Christian mm-hmm. and at 16 years old. Yeah. And was there a difference in your life between a time where you were kind of following your parents' faith versus when you actually changed and made that faith your own? Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, it was definitely around 12 or 10 to 12 where I... I think I just grew up a little bit and realized like this is important. This is this is true. And if I believe that and I believe what the Bible says, then I I should start acting like it and start taking it a little seriously in my heart. And I know what to do and I know what's right. So I need to put make, put that in my heart where it was more like outward doing outward things. And that's not to say I wasn't saved before ten or twelve, but um, I think that's when I started to take it more seriously and realize that it, it has a really big part and the big, it should be the biggest part of my life. So. Okay. And what, what, what is the part that caused you to, to make that change? Anything in particular or just, just maturing in, in age and thought process? I think a lot of it, I think most of it was just maturing. I had... My best friend, uh, he's two years o- older than me. He definitely took that step a lot earlier than I did. Uh, well, I guess not earlier, but 
this the he was older than I was, so he made the step two years or however many before I did. Um, and watching him and seeing how serious he was and how um, you guys are, my parents, uh, it really just inspired me to go after it and not just be just not just be a hearer of the word as it says. Um, but be doing it and taking it to heart and not just going into church, like having fun with my friends afterwards, but not really paying attention in, in between or not putting a lot of emphasis on what was in between, but really t- taking that to heart and making that the important part and learning from that. So I, I think a lot of parents would wonder how you got to that understanding that it's not just about our faith are being your parents or the church's faith, but you had the, to take it on as your own. Was it a particular influence? Was it people? Was it the the Bible itself? Um, I think I think I knew that just from teaching, being taught that that it wasn't just a uh, I couldn't have a relationship with God through my parents and through other people, through my pastor or just like my friends, but it was something that I need to have myself. I don't, I'm not sure it was like a monumental, like mindset change. Well, in a, in a way it was, but I'm not sure it was like a monumental moment that just like changed my mind about it. Um, definitely through seeing how it, how people are outside, like without God is, is it's a little like frightening to see that and how it just the emptiness. But once I, I really made it my own, it turned to like very, a very, uh, like fulfilling thing. And I had knew I had worth and I knew I had, like I had peace inside yeah. because of that. Yeah. And um, that's not really something I necessarily felt before. Also just realizing how much I need God and need salvation. That is really, that has really impacted me just knowing my, how I can't do it on my own. So at some point did, did the gospel itself that we are sinners, that we need repentance, that we need forgiveness and that Jesus paid for it, did, did that hit home? Yeah, I I think once I saw that, like, my sin wasn't just like, oh, I lied, that's okay. I mean, it's not okay, but it's not, like, a big thing. Um, I think I started to realize that it is important, and it's it's an offense to God, and that I really need him to, to do, to not fall into sin. It seems like from just observing and, and us talking about it before, you began to, to feel that sin was real. Yeah. And the consequences of sin and yeah. pain and were real. And that's when, as you're hitting adulthood, the the wonderful relief of the gospel really became real also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the seriousness of my sin and how it is really like a disease just hit me and I realized that and realized the need of like the antidote and the, the um, vaccine or whatever to 
which is Christ in my life and in my heart, not just a shell of religion or shell of um, Christianity, but the whole thing. Um, Not just knowing it, but also receiving it in my life. When you say shell of, what, what do you mean? Well, just the outside. Like, I can act like I believe and act like I um, accept Christ. My, I've accepted Christ in my life, but um, it's what my it's in my heart. That's what matters. My heart is what matters, not my actions. So, um, not just having the actions, but also having the heart with it. Yeah. Do you think that's that's what uh, parents can get caught up in? I, I know, I, yeah. I, me personally, as a parent, when we, when we started off, I was very focused on making you guys act a certain way, and mm-hmm. then as we, I think, as we matured as Christians and as parents, our focus changed from, you know, have good manners, do this, do that, to helping you personally understand why it's important, why the actions should be that way and, and molding hearts to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think I've, I've seen, I've seen in certain situations, parents who do that or kids who I think obviously to myself, or I can see that they don't have the heart. Um, and I think that's sad to see. And, I'm not sure, like, whether it's a, what? You're not sure where the disconnect is? Well, I think I can see that sometimes, like, parents will just be like, okay, don't do that again. Say sorry. And the kids are like, sorry. Like, obviously not caring. So the the kid goes away not caring about what he's done or who he's hurt, but just about himself. And it's not... So the the respect for rules or that doesn't translate to the heart. Yeah. So it's just, I'm not going to do these things because I don't want to get punished. Or I'm not going to do this because my parents say, say no. But once I'm out of my parents' house, I'm going to go like live it up and do whatever I want. Yeah. So. Yeah. And the, the result is people who look good for a period of time and then when there's freedom... Mm-hmm. Explosion. Yeah, I don't know. It, what What do you think the role of critical thinking has been, was or was for you in that process? Um, well, I think just understanding that the Bible makes sense and working through it with you guys and uh, us as a family working through it has helped a lot. Like thinking is something I do a lot. So, (laughs) (laughs) so it's good to like have an understanding of what the Bible means because it's not just, it's, it's God telling you these things and not just your parents saying that God's telling you these things. Um, so I think that has been important and seeing why things are wrong and seeing why God says the things he says has been really important for me because I think just everyone has the question why yeah and like why are we doing this like if you're told to go run like a a half mile for no reason you're gonna be like why so I think understanding the why it has been really helpful and understanding 
that it's I'm not doing this for no reason. It's to respect God and to honor him and also just glorify him through my life. Yeah. So. And yeah. understand his heart behind it, too. Mm-hmm. Because if it's just rules, then our flesh is go- is always going to rebel against yeah. that. Like, like your running example. Mm-hmm. But and I, I don't know if you realize at the time, but as you guys got older, we kind of changed our teaching style as because initially when like with your your sister was six we we teach the general this is what god says yeah but as you guys got older we changed it from that to asking questions and Mm -hmm. this is what god says what do you think about that yeah yeah and i see that with um I, i see that with hannah a lot like sometimes she'll be like, why, why can't I do this? And you'll just be like, just because I said so. Um, because in certain situations, it's not, she doesn't understand if you explain it to her. But And then there's other situations where you're like, well, this is why. And then you explain it, and then she understands it. And she is able to know the reason why she's not doing things. Yeah. And I think that's it's a lot easier to obey when you know the reason why you're, you're obeying, yeah. I think, for me, for me personally. And that's the the heart of the gospel, the mm-hmm. heart of the Bible. God doesn't want people who are just mindless, heartless automatons. See, he wants their heart first. Yeah. When when Jesus quotes the the Old Testament says, uh, "I want, I desire mercy, not sacrifice." Mm-hmm. He, it's not that he doesn't want sacrifice. He wants heart filled sacrifice. Mm-hmm. He wants our us to love him and want to serve him. Yeah. And that was also kind of a revelation to me when I think someone told me that in the Bible, in the Old Testament, it wasn't really about the sacrifices, but it was about the faith involved with the sacrifices. And I was like, what? Because the whole time (laughs) I had just been like, they're sacrificing to get rid of their sin, which I mean, kind of, but it's it's the faith involved. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like in Hebrews when it says, by faith, Abraham, and goes through the the faith. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's why Jesus is so, uh, finds the faith, the, the religious situation so lacking mm-hmm. when he's there, because they've lost sight of the faith part. Yeah. On your journey, who, who, who has been your biggest influences? Um, obviously, you. Woo-hoo! <laughs> And uh, mom and uh, the the friend I mentioned before, he has helped me a lot. And uh, we go to the same, we've went to the same church for a long time. Um, so it wasn't hard to connect and just talk with him about life and stuff. So that has, he's been really influential. And then um, just some other like mentors, I guess, kind of in the, just men and women in in the church that in the churches we've been to that have just shown that they are strong christians and have been um like kind and taught us things um also like pastors online like i'm a big fan of ravi zacharias so that's more recently though so uh just intellectually that has been really and also uh spiritually but it's very intellectual, so. Yeah. As you said, you're a thinker. Yeah. So you've, you've sought out 
thinkers. Mm-hmm. It's it's okay. We're we're allowed yeah. to think in, in Christianity. <laughs> so uh, it it occurs to me that that the people you've mentioned are all different ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, your friend is a couple of years older, obviously. Uh, so your parents, pastors, and some of the folks in church are different ages, probably yeah. between you and and older. Uh, how do you think that that played a part in being able to to develop as a Christian? Well, I think seeing that that Christianity is not just for the like the Bible thumping like older generation. Yeah. Um, which I think is kind of the stereotype sometimes. Um, but seeing that there's other people who are young and strong in their faith and there's like kids and teenagers who are really trying to follow God and that's what their heart is. Whereas you see in other places where it's just like, oh, Christianity is just for the for is just an outdated concept or something. Yeah. Um, but that's not true. It's for, it's applicable today as much as it was 2000 years ago or, uh, however long ago, like it's been the same forever. Yeah. So I think seeing that it's not just a, like a certain age where you finally get it, but it's for everyone. And it's, it's something that I can have now or, I can like, I could like waste my life and, and like have it later, but why not now and save the wasting of my life? Yeah. It occurs to me too that, that when you mentioned you're, you're a thinker and some of the people you mentioned and that I'm thinking of when, who have influenced you have been very different than me or your mom Mm -hmm. or, or even our, our old pastor. So you've, you've, We've, we've made a decision to surround ourselves with church people and mm-hmm. people who are on fire for Jesus, but all different types of people. The only commonality being that they're on fire for Jesus. Mm-hmm. So do you think that gave you an opportunity to see difference, different than just me and your mom? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think you are, are very different than uh, Pastor Dan and our old pastor who... Um, who's great, but he's just very different than you in this yeah, teaching sure. style. Um, and so that's that's been interesting to see that the same doctrine, the same faith can have different styles. Um, also, just the personality differences. I think some people are just focused on certain things in the gospel and the Bible when you just see that they that like some certain things resonate with them. Yeah. More than other things. Um, and that's okay. Yeah, and it's fine. Uh, but just discovering what resonates with me and what ha- impacts me um, has been interesting. And seeing how I can hear a totally different perspective from on the same Bible verse or passage from someone who just doesn't think the same way as me. I think that's what's so good about having like Bible studies and, and things and open discussions. Yeah. It's because you get the other side of the story where not really like an opposing uh, uh, view, just a different one and a different perspective, like from the perspective of 
someone who has grown up in the church versus someone who became a Christian and when they were like 45 or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that's really interesting to see. Yeah. And just for, for those listening and to provide background for what you're saying, we've, since you were around 10 or so, maybe even earlier than that, mm-hmm. we made a decision, your mom and I, that if we were training you to be a man in Christ, every man in Christ event that you could go to, we would take you to. Yeah. So you started early in men's Bible study. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you, I think you had 13, I mean, we started men's Bible study. We went to men's breakfast together because mm-hmm. the our idea was that if you were to learn to be a man, as many Christian men, not just kids, as many Christian men could be around you would be helpful. Yeah. And I think at first that was a little hard. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's for a 12 or 13 year old, it's, it can be a little weird hanging around like older uh, men just not even like a huge age gap, just adults. So adults yeah. of all ages. Sure. Um, and it was a little different, but I think it was definitely worth it. I think I, I really enjoyed like the men's breakfast we, we would do. Um, I enjoyed doing that. And then eventually the other fathers started bringing their kids. And so it was, it was also a chance to hang out with kids my age. But also, but it was a thing that was for the adult men. Yeah. So it was not receiving like child level teaching, but like adult level teaching that was still understand that I could understand. But it was definitely more. I don't know how to explain it. Just more depth. I I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it gives you something to aspire to. Mm-hmm. You, you see people doing immature things of God. Mm-hmm. I think it's different than just being constantly with your one age group. Yeah. So, so you said who who are your influence? What 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 are your biggest influences? Uh, books, books of the Bible, or um. Well, I really like the Book of James. I think it talks about so many different things. And also there's so many like famous verses that I didn't know were from James until I read James. Yeah. And there he has a it's just really good content and I think it talks about at the, just the ver- variety of things for me it just you get a little bit of everything I I would say. Um, I think in chapter one, there's temptation, but there's also asking for wisdom. And chapter four is temptation. And chapter two or three, I think they talk about, he talks about false teachers. So you get, there's a lot of things there. Um, Also, I think watch, we watched a lot of Christian like movies, television, um, I, I wouldn't say that was like a big influence on me. It was just understanding and seeing how like these things happen in people's lives. Yeah. Um, especially like I really like true stories. So I really like the movie Woodlawn. I'm a big football fan. So seeing how 
it's it's a true story how a um, Christian preacher was able to bring the gospel to a recently um, integrated high school uh, in Alabama was able to bring the high school football team together um, and change people and change people from hating to loving each other. So I think that's been good, like seeing just actual stories um, like um, Louis Zamperini. I'm reading, I've read that book. That's, that was more of a recent thing. Um, The book Unbroken. Yeah. uh, How he goes from, shot down in the Pacific, captured by the Japanese, tortured, and then he comes home, he's a drunk dude. He, he gets um, becomes an alcoholic, and then he gives his life to Christ, yeah. and then that changes everything. Yeah. Um, so they made a movie about that. Um, Unbroken like, Path to the Redemption. Yeah, that's really good. Um, um, doing devotionals every morning has helped, too, just getting my mind right. On things it's not really a a book or a movie per se sometimes it's practice yeah yeah um and we we went to we came into the main service pretty early i think we were like for me it was like 10 or 11 um so instead of sunday school the main service um with pastor dan and it can it i think it can be hard to sit through a 40 hour long minute yeah. uh, sermon. At, but at first, it, at first it was hard, but I think now I, I don't really notice how long it is or whatever. I'm not thinking about the time, but just listening. And I think doing it early trained me to just be able to sit and listen and not be distracted by things and not be distracted about how, um, the tr- chairs were uncomfortable or whatever, but, um, but just listening and getting that experience early on was helpful and I think. Yeah. So how does your, your view of the, the Bible play into this? How did your view of the authority of the Bible, the, the content of the Bible mm-hmm. and how does it play? How did it play into your or making your faith your own and and growing into your a, a living faith. So, like, um, just the infallibility of the the Bible, or just the Bible in general. It's a question for you. <laughs> well, I think it's a lot harder to believe that the Bible doesn't mean what it says than to believe that it does mean what it says. As a Christian trying to follow God, I don't think you can separate the Bible or like take parts of it and believe it in other parts. So believing all of it is because you're then you're like, okay, this can't be wrong. Like this is can't. It's not going to change. Yeah. Um. So learning that Job was faithful and he was able to go through these trials and God was faithful to him and still was a respect, uh, he honored that, um, perseverance. Yeah. And even if he hadn't, even if Job had died, he still would have 
um, been in heaven and given the great um, reward of being in the presence of God. Um, but he did, and God was faithful to him, knowing that that applies now the same way as it did, uh, like, however long, 4,000, 5,000 years ago. Um, and knowing that the same verses, um, like, apply to my life have been, that's been kind of instrumental. But I think it's one of those things where I kind of, like, always knew through your teaching and other people's teaching. So able to go through the Bible and um, sometimes just be struggling with something and open up the Bible and then the verse be right there that helps me. Yeah. Um, and receiving, I think I signed up for newsletters that sort of like they send me a verse every morning and sometimes I'll just wake up and be having problems in my life or just like be stressed or whatever and then the verse will come that helps me and that's like a huge weight off of my shoulders because you know that God's not ignoring it and God yeah. can see it. Um, so I think that's one of the things that has like convinced me that whenever I'm like having doubts, like do, is this like really real knowing that seeing all the things that God has done in my life, like just, I, I don't know how to explain it, like God things yeah. where it's just like you're thinking about something and then there's like a billboard exactly what you're talking about. Or you're just like, um, asking God to do something and then he does it like right away or um, in a way that just can't be explained other than it's God. So. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in a way that's not prosperity gospel, but yeah. <laughs> re- recognizing that God is active and working in yeah, the world. Yeah, exactly. And he loves you and cares for you and, yeah. and wants to lead you in the right direction. Yeah. I was just reading C.S. Lewis was talking about a different issue, but he said in the world, how do we know that, that there is a straight line? Mm-hmm. How do we know that things are out of whack if there's not a straight line to judge it off of? Mm-hmm. And that's the, the God and his word setting out the standard for us mm-hmm. that we, we all tend to understand so how does it a specifically a teen like you avoid all the other stuff and continue to follow Jesus when the world is is seeking you out I think seeing other teenagers lives or seeing just having interactions with other teenagers who are not Christians and who I've never been Christians and just um, haven't grown up in the church. I think that's been pretty impactful for me. Just seeing how, like how they just don't seem to be happy and how they're following after these things that are just not going to satisfy and how things in my life when I've tried to, go after these things like sinful things or just not simple things that are just meaningless. Yeah. Seeing and just having that feeling of emptiness or feeling of this is wrong or feeling of, of, um, just kind of like depression in a way. Yeah. But realizing that that is coming from my falling after something that's not of God or, Falling after something that is not God. So yeah, when I try to 
to be like satisfied with other things, it just isn't satisfying. Yeah. So, so you, you repeated a, a few times the word train and we're training into being a church and mm-hmm. training the Bible. Uh, and it, it kind of proves that you seem to be proving out the, the biblical idea that training is required. And the, the first part of training is not often enjoyable mm-hmm. that not, not, not enjoyable, but it's, it can be challenging. Like you mentioned with going to the, the men's breakfast mm-hmm. where you, it's a different atmosphere than going to, into the big service, hearing the, the main teaching rather than the kids service. Mm-hmm. So has that been, is that something that you would recommend to parents that the, they do actively train and then resist pushback if they're going in the right direction? Oh, yeah. Well, I think it depends. Like, I'm not saying, like, bring your, like, seven-year-old into <laughs> main service. I think it depends on what God's telling you to do. Yeah. But I think, like, with Hannah, younger sister, um, just reading with her and trying to teach her how to read, she, like, really hates it when I'm trying to, like, have her sound out the words. And I'm not really pleased about it either because <laughs> she's fighting back at it. Um, but it, eventually it will have some results yeah. and she'll be able to read on her own. So I think the same is true where it's not comfortable in some ways, but it's it's the the best thing for them. So I think if God's telling you, you to do something, it may be uncomfortable for you or for like the person, your child or whatever, but it's worth it. If, I mean, if God's telling you to do it, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. He's not telling you to do it for no reason. So yeah. Age appropriate training. Yeah. Age appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take them to like a philosophy, Christian <laughs> philosophy lecture. Yeah. At age seven. But you, that's one of the, one of the things I love about homeschooling and, kind of our church method mm-hmm. we the intergenerational you mentioned teaching Hannah Hannah going to the men's breakfast being your best friend is a couple of years older mm-hmm. friends with younger kids mm-hmm. it, it seems like did that would play a big part in discipleship just in general going both ways yeah well I think you can learn a lot from kids and teaching kids um and I think both parties can learn a lot. So, like, an older gentleman could probably learn something from, like, a, a younger dude. Um, and the younger dude's probably going to learn a lot from the older gentleman. Yeah. So, I think to see it as a mutual, like, passing of, like, knowledge kind of thing, but a mutual training is I think that's like it can be easy to say it's like just a one-sided thing but I think you can learn a lot from from teaching others yeah and and loving and being loved mm-hmm. by by all sorts of different people so what what do you think what would you want to say to parents who their kids are, are struggling or that you would think parents of, of Christian kids that are trying to disciple them that are are missing um i think it depends on the obviously 
no kid's going to be the same. Um, I think there are other factors. So it's for just general things, I think one, maybe like examine your own life first and see that as a parent, you are reflecting the things that you want your child to to do, like to be like. Yeah. So if you're not following God and, and you know it, or maybe you don't know it yet, you don't realize it, just examine yourself. And if you've come to the conclusion that you're not following Christ the way that you should be, um, then maybe try to go do that, deal with that first. Cause you can only deal with yourself first before you can deal with others. Yeah. Um, if not, then kids are great, great hypocrisy sniffers. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not, I don't mean that in a bad way, but mm-hmm. you're, you're with your parents 24 seven. Yeah. You can see when someone is doing the good for you and not for me kind of teaching. Yeah. And I've heard from like other people say like, you can't like let out a bad word around your kids. And it's absolutely true because they're just going to hear it and repeat it. So they just repeat everything you do. They copy. Yeah. So, um, I think for older kids, it's not as much that, but it is in some ways. Yeah. It's, I think it's a lot harder with older, like teenagers than it is with younger kids. Cause they definitely have from what I've seen a more set mindset. So they're, like this is what's right, whether that thing is wrong or whether that thing is biblical or not. Um, I think they have more set beliefs, set ways of thinking of things. But you can still reach that. You can still reach that through though what you're teaching them, how what they're taking in yeah. is extremely important. So, like what they're watching, how much time they're spending on the internet. Like for me, I, if I spend too much time watching things that are just like pointless even or watching things that have like a lot of bad language or or bad violence or other things, it just it kind of just messes with my mind in some way. Yeah. Um, I think too much of that is is it can be a problem, especially for certain people. I think other people are able to deal with it better than others just to an extent, but I think what you take in is going to reflect what, what is going to come out of you and how you're going to act. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that that is a common parenting trap that you'll hear society tell you, oh, just let them be, just let them mm-hmm. be, let them express themselves. But the parent winds up frustrated and dismayed. Mm-hmm. And it's not a, not a matter of controlling, Yeah. but it's just the relationship. Yeah, and I think it's funny when we watch movies and stuff and TV shows that are, like, pretty good. Like, even, like, Hallmark, I remember just, like, the parenting is so terrible. And even <laughs> I, who've, who've obviously never been a parent, but I've helped, like, guide my younger siblings and seen you and mom teaching us and guiding my younger siblings, I can tell that... Like, what they're doing is just, like, so dumb. Like, I, I think it was, like, a, a movie you were watching where the mom is just like, I don't want to find out, like, know about, I want to push her about who, like, this boy that she's, like, interested in. But I think that's, it's just kind of 
dumb. Like, I think you want to know who your kids yeah. hang out with. Yeah. And so, it, it, go ahead, I'm sorry. Obviously, don't take advice from Hollywood <laughs> or movies or TV. And I think that gets to, to a point of, it sounds like what you're saying, that parents should be involved. Yeah. And should, hopefully, it should be an active thing where, mm-hmm. where kids share and then are guided by, by their parents rather than controlled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've never really seen good results come out of kids and parents where the parents are just hands-off and letting their kids do whatever they want. Because I think as humans, we're inclined to do the wrong thing rather than the right thing. So if you're just letting them do whatever they want, they're probably going to do the wrong thing most of the time. Unless you've trained them really well, in which case you can be confident that they are going to do the right thing. Yeah. So So what would you say, you've spoken to parents, what would what would you say to a fellow teen uh, at the what they're missing or what they how they can improve their life if they are struggling um i would say that it it never it's never enough of you can never have enough christ so obviously that's it's easy to say that but just being able being focused on god and having your your life centered around him, that is really important. And also, um, I think I said this before, but what you're taking in has a really big impact on what you are thinking and what you are focusing on, what you are doing. Also, just, I think, focusing on your yourself too much. For me, when I focus on my own, myself and what I want, and I'm just constantly doing things that I want to do, then I become very selfish, and I can tell. So that's not a place you want to be because that just leads to all sorts of crazy areas. Yeah. Where and it's really sad too. It's a really sad place to be. Yeah. And I think, um, like emotionally, Christ is the only one that can have give you true satisfaction. Yeah. And you may have like temporary satisfaction in um, in other people or just something you like to do, but he's the only one who can give you real satisfaction. I've noticed that a lot where it's. My focus is on other things, and I just am not happy and just miserable. When, but when I bring it back to God and have my mindset on Him, maybe like listen to more, like some worship music, or um, just pray, or do other things, um, just spend some time in the Word, or talking about it with other people. It really is brings me back to a place of contentment and being able to say, "I have found peace in God." So, yeah peace in Christ. You seem to be describing a a relationship with Christ that is one-on-one, you and him, rather than through your church, through Mm -hmm. the excitement of youth group, through a friend group, but just figuring out how to get with him one-on-one submitted to him and looking for affirmation and and self-worth through him. Mm -hmm. Because if you're you're only receiving christ through your church or your youth group then you're you're not you're not going to get all of all of him you're not going to receive the personal relationship that's not really a relationship it's a relationship with your church which has a relationship with god yeah um or a relationship with youth group which has a relationship with god or parents or parents yeah and that's not a personal relationship that's not what ultimately god's plan is for us and not what he wants for us he wants to have a relationship with us and 
I mean, if we, like, stonewall him and be like, no, I'm just going to go to youth group and that's that's all God I'm going to get, then it's you're not having a relationship with Christ. Yeah. Or at, at the very least, you're having a very, like, shallow relationship with God. So for your graduation that was canceled. Yeah. <laughs> the ceremony was, was supposed to include you sharing the gospel. So, and I, I just thought of this right now. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was wondering if you wanted to share the, the gospel, with what you're going to say now. Yeah. So that was a, definitely an interesting experience. First, I wanted to share what the, what the like leading up to my decision to, to like volunteer for that was because I thought that was pretty cool. Okay, Let's was hear it. um, well I had been thinking about it for a long time, like actually months beforehand. Um, like, and just just to set the stage, it it, it is a graduation ceremony, and there is what like five hundred people there. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of people. We had last year we had I think less less than ten graduates. Because we're we're a homeschool co-op, so I'm not obviously not a high school public school um, level graduation, but yeah. there were still several hundred people there. Yeah. Um, and this this year we're gonna have like fourteen, which is obviously more. So there's gonna be more people. Yeah. Um. All right. So that, that's the background, yeah. and and you get up on the stage and yeah, and I yourself. <laughs> I am not a public speaker at all. I do not. I do not like getting in front of people and sharing things or talking. Um, I I used to be like super super introverted or and super shy. I'm still an introvert, but I've gradually become more social. But still, it was the idea of it was not very pleasant for me. Um, but I felt like God was telling me to do it, and this I had been thinking about it for months and. Um, I just thought it would be a great opportunity to, to reach people with, with the gospel. And it may be the only time in the year or in their lifetime or that month. I don't know how mu- how many times they're going to hear the gospel. So this could be their one and only opportunity. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and the previous year there had been, um, some discussion of God and Christianity and what we believe as a co-op and what our graduates believe, but there really wasn't a, a gospel presentation. There was just just Christian things, Christian themed things. Um, and that's not that's not necessarily bad, but yeah. I think it's an opportunity that that's partially wasted because you don't have the full gospel there. You just have uh, almost like the fruit of salvation. Um, it's what our lives are like. But we don't have where like where that came from, where that came from. Um, so I was thinking about this for a while, and I just I think it had been several months, and we were coming up on the decision to to assign jobs, and I didn't know that they were going to make that decision. But one night I just was awake for I'd been in my bed like tossing and turning, thinking about this for like an hour and a half at least. I finally just got up and started like writing my graduation <laughs> uh, gospel presentation, even though I hadn't been assigned to do that or thought about doing that yet. But I figured I'd just like put the 
the idea out there and if they liked it then i would do it yeah but then the, the next friday it was time for to assign jobs to the seniors for the graduation like music and stuff and one of them was the gospel presentation i was like perfect perfect opportunity um but i was still wasn't sure if that's what god wanted me to do if this was just my own like idea and so i was like god if you want me to do this um just send me a sign and right after i prayed that um one of my friends in uh who's gra- graduating also like tapped me on the shoulder and he's like you should do the you should do the gospel presentation <laughs> i was like okay uh i feel like that's a pretty good sign so yeah. i i raised my hand and i was like i'd like to volunteer for that because i uh, feel like god's telling me to do that so i was preparing that and i definitely didn't have it finished so um excuse me if it's like pretty scattered ideas <laughs> but yeah. um but basically i was gonna say that um so this year has been pretty crazy and i think the focus has been a lot on death and just how we've seen that life can just be taken away in an instant. Um, so if these people, um, like with the coronavirus, just, I think it's like 400,000 people have died now, or um, maybe less than that, I'm not sure. About, about 100,000, 100, a little over. Really? Oh, in the United States. Oh, okay, so the, I was saying just total. The worldly number, okay, yeah. I know. Um, but just we, a lot of times we think in the present, like what we're doing now, but not everyone thinks like what's going to happen after life. And God says that we're going to be judged based on what happens in our life, whether we accept God, um, and accept salvation or we don't. So salvation, God says that, um, We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, glory of God, Romans 3.23. So we've all sinned, we've all done something that has offended God, Um, whether that has been lying, I'm pretty sure we've all lied in our lives, or stolen, we've all offended God in a way. And God is so holy that he cannot have any sin in his presence. He cannot have, like, even the tiniest white lie in his presence. So he is not okay with that. And so he made a way for us to be cleansed of our sin so that we can be with him forever in heaven. And heaven, we think, I think a lot of times we think of as just this faraway place on clouds with uh, little babies with wings playing playing instruments, but it's going to be a glorious like paradise. And the best part is gonna, we're going to be in God's presence. Yeah. Um, and Jesus came to earth as a man um he's fully god and fully man and died on the cross so that we can have that opportunity to come to him and um we have to believe that he did this and that um we have to believe in him and put our trust in him and just accept him into our lives and uh he will cleanse us of our sins because he is the punishment he is the lamb he has taken the punishment that we deserve so when I lie and when I steal, um, obviously that's a bad thing, but God has taken care of it through Jesus and his sacrifice. Um, so we just have to put our, our faith in him and believe in him, and we will be delivered from that sin. 
if we don't, then we are, when we die, we're going to be judged on what we have done in our life. And what we, what you have done is sinned, lied, stealed, done whatever. And so God's going to have to be going to have to say, you know, you have not believed in Jesus. And so it's a fair judge. Yeah. And, um, I cannot exonerate you for something that you did. So we are, if we don't believe we're taken to hell where obviously it's going to be unpleasant to say the least. Yeah. Um, but as Christians, when we go up to him and we're, uh, he's going to look at us and look at our lives and he's going to be like, you follow Jesus. And so he doesn't see the sin. He sees Jesus yeah. taking our sin. Um, and he's going to be going to say like, well done, my good and faithful servant. And we're going to be allowed into heaven for eternity. Um, so that's kind of what I was going to say, but yeah, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have uh, everything readily present. So, well, I guess God has worked out his plan, which sometimes doesn't go according to our plan. Mm-hmm. So it would have been great for you to share it with the people there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully someone listening to this will hear it and, and turn to, to him. Yeah. So anything else specifically that you'd like to share? Any other tips for parents, for kids? Um, not particularly. Um, the one thing I've learned myself is that um, with my six-year-old sister, Hannah, that like truly spending time with her is doing the things that she wants to do. So I think spending time with them doing something they want to do is really good because um like when you've done something with me like maybe like play like a video game or something or do a play a board game it's like obviously not exactly what you're maybe not something you want to do at the moment but it but spending time is really important yeah so. and spending time doing things that they want to do i think is just even more a like a sacrifice and showing of like how much you really love them. So expression of love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So thank you for coming on the show. Tell us about Sean's random podcast. So (laughs) my brother, Sean, he came up with this podcast idea where he just take his iPod and use the like audio recording thing, just record himself talking with my sister Hannah. So it was pretty, I think pretty like casual. It was just basically whatever happened. Um, and then for one of my school assignments, uh, mom decided that we should do a podcast with Sean pretending to be a um, politician. I, I didn't even really know this. No, <laughs> I, I didn't know there was a school assignment involved. So um, I came on and I was pretending to be Bud's brother Smith, presidential candidate for 2020. Um, I basically said a bunch of dumb stuff about... Re- not dumb, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Ridiculous and silly at the same time. <laughs> yeah. About... Um, Basically, just ridiculous, like, political so, theories. So, and stuff. silly positions. Yeah. Uh, 
about polar bears and all sorts of things yeah. that just don't make any sense. Um, so it was pretty, it was pretty funny. Yeah. And we sent it to our friends, um, uh, actually, uh, like a while, I'm not sure how long ago, long it was afterwards, but it, we both thought it was funny and our friends thought it was funny. And so we decided to like continue recording them and do some more. So we did another Bud Butter, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> we did another Bud Butter Smith. I think we did four Bud Butter Smiths <clears throat> in total. Um, and I, I, I had just learned how to use um, Audacity, which is a, a audio recording technology that you can have installed on your computer. And so it was a way for me to test out how to use that new information. And then I researched on about how to use, how to get a podcast onto like Apple Podcasts and stuff. And so I found a website that does that. And from there, we just started making like more and more um more and more episodes i think we have 10 now we haven't done one in a while but they're they're pretty they're all like really ridiculous interviews with fake people so if (laughs) you like that sort of thing (laughs) and who doesn't (laughs) yeah (laughs) and who doesn't like comedy through ridiculous people and uh like learning how to add sound effects to things um it's actually been like a really good like teaching yeah experience um so that it's been really fun to do also all right thank you tommy for joining us on come let us disciple podcast we hope to have you back in the future to offer your perspective have a great week